so Brett, when you need body parts for your experiments, are you more of a DIY guy or do you like to outsource it to others? Mm, you know, I mean, I would say I'd like to outsource it to others, but I would also be afraid that like, they're, they they probably don't understand what right, needs like to which be done, lady parts and so are the their version. Right, so their version of getting the job done is like, oh, you just need a body. It's like, no, I need a body with this intact, or I need a body like this. So, I don't know. It's easier, is it, you know. Maybe if maybe if I get a good recommendation. No, you, I you don't know, anybody? know anybody. I don't spend enough time on the dark web. I, I'm inclined to think that outsourcing the the need for body parts is probably best. But, like, I do watch a lot of true crime. And the more people know about what you're trying to do, the, the easier it is for you to be caught. So, you know, but also there's the question yeah. of whether or not one should continue a scientific... Uh, questioning if it requires you to uh get dead people body parts oh oh no the the pretty girl upstairs had zero hesitation on whether or not i should do that so i i'm, oh, I'm good pass? i gotta pass yeah, <laughs> yeah no my yeah. partner also has no problem with me bringing lady parts home <laughs> Very nice. I mean, to be fair, they're my lady parts, but if I brought extra, I don't think he'd be offended. Oh, right. Yeah, probably All not. right, let's get this rodeo started. Whoopa! Necromancer. I am Shira, and you know, I just love me a good romantic comedy. And I'm Brett. I also love me a good romantic comedy, but I really love horror movies. Yes, to be fair, I do enjoy good horror from time to time, and I may even mention one on the podcast at the end. But today, well, Every time we get on the podcast, just to refresh your memory, it's been basically our summer break, so I need to get my get my bearings again. But Brett picks a horror movie, I pick a rom-com, and then we flip-flop those movies, we confuse them, and then we turn the horror into a rom-com and the rom-com into a horror. Today, our theme is not just confusion, but gender confusion or originally the theme was drag but there is also some question about whether or not certain movies brett's movie in particular <laughs> fits this theme uh i would i would argue though your movie doesn't fit the okay gender bender but theme. also she does she does find it easier <laughs> to pretend to be a man and she does consider that maybe being a man on on the outside is better for her, more powerful for her, or like that she enjoys being a he. 
Um, but to be fair, you yeah. are right about that. But I would say it's more has to do with the fact that just being gay in general is criminalized. Like she can't go. Yeah. Victor can't go dancing with their boyfriend because it would look it would look too strange in that 1930s society for two guys to be dancing together. And for anybody who's watched a new league of their own, I'm sure you knew that they couldn't do it either. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who watch. It's very gay. And I mean that in a very positive way. Oh, People online have jokingly called it a lesbian of their own, but, you know, I think that that's to the show's benefit. <laughs> there should be more shows, movies on television about same-sex relationships. Yeah. And, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Victor Victoria touches Oh, yeah, on that Victor. Well, and time. also you have to consider that Victor Victoria came out in 1982, which is pretty much right in the height of the AIDS crisis where, you know, not only is being gay stigmatized, but it's also seen as, you know, related to this mysterious disease. You know, there was a time when people didn't even want to touch people with AIDS because they were afraid that it could be transmitted to them that way. That's why it was so revolutionary, supposedly, when Princess Diana held a baby that was, you know, had AIDS. Um, So, Getting back to drag, though, what did you think of this as a theme? I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how both movies dealt with it. And, uh, so the thing that I find most interesting about drag, it's similar, like, this goes back to sort of the original genesis of this podcast which was this question I had of why do these themes keep popping up in horror movies and rom-coms? Like, why are romantic comedies and horror movies so interested in people cross-dressing? Or uh, to use another theme example that we covered very, very early on, kidnapping. Kidnapping as love is a huge right. theme in rom-coms. And Kidnapping is, of course, a huge theme in horror because it's... <laughs> <laughs> kidnapping for love right, is also right. big in horror movies. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Or, or stalking <laughs> as well. And, and whether or right. not these this theme is used as fodder for fear or as a hijink for love, this, this, uh, these themes tend to cross over into these genres in really interesting ways. Now, it's kind of similar to the stalker theme where, you know, in a stalker rom-com, like there's something about Mary, for example, which we covered. The stalker is the main character, the person that you sympathize with. You, You ultimately want their stalking to have a positive benefit and a positive motivation to win love. And then in a horror movie, we flip it and reverse it. And now the stalker is the, you know, the enemy, the killer, the target. And it's also that case with drag and cross-dressing. I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you really didn't want to choose the most popular examples of drag and horror because it just felt tired. 
Yeah, uh, I feel like I can go into that more when I I go into why I picked. Okay, so my movie, let's but, let's um, answer the question: What movie do we want to do first? I how about ladies? Ladies first. Ladies <laughs> who, who, who are looks... men pretending to be <laughs> which, ladies. Which, which movie is ladies that? Ladies <laughs> that are men pretending to be women, um, or men who transform into ladies. Which which ladies are you? I mean, they're all ladies, but which ladies are we talking about? Right. Do you only care about a fat um, lady? I feel Brett? like we. <laughs> uh, I think we should do. I I don't know. I could well, go either way. What do you think? What I order was did about you watch? To the answer movies? that, I watched Victor Victoria <laughs> first. Ooh, oh. I went the other way. Um, well, I, I am representing myself as a lady, so let's just have it be my choice. Um, let's do Victor Victoria first. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll tease you guys. You will have to wait until the next episode to hear Brett's explanation for why he chose Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde over Psycho or Dress to Kill or... Um, numerous movies that I am not thinking of at this time. But, you know, there are a ton of cross-dressing rom-coms, and I could have chose Tootsie. I could have chose Some Like It Hot. Um, yeah. I, I could have chose, yeah. you know, a, a bunch of different movies. Sorority Guys. <laughs> I, okay, let, let's be honest. I was <laughs> never going to choose Sorority Guys. Uh, but I, I couldn't, no. or, you know, I recently watched the birdcage, but to be honest, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, so yeah, I, I did not choose the birdcage, but I remember liking Victor Victoria the first time I watched it. And I think I remembered, and I think I remembered correctly that it was a movie that didn't, I mean, and it, during a time when being gay was stigmatized, when, you know, doing drag was not as popular as it is today, except if you're a Republican, um, I, I felt like this was a movie that was kind to its subjects and kind to its audience and wasn't like, ew, he likes this guy, this girl who's pretending to be a guy and he's having this crisis over liking a man like James Garner does have a semi crisis over being into Victor, but he accepts it pretty quickly that he's into this person. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, that is, that is kind of a recurring problem and, you know, gender bender romance stories. I think particularly if you're like me, and you've read a lot of like manga or manhwa that feature a girl who dresses like a guy, and there are so many of them. Uh, and then K dramas that do this too. Like uh, I'm aging myself here. There's Coffee Prince, and it's like a whole multi episode plot line where um, the male protagonist is just agonizing over the fact that he is confused over why he's so interested in this one guy 
And then suddenly there's this huge wash of relief, like, oh, he is a she. And now I can accept my sexuality again. Whereas, you know, James Garner has to accept the idea that he will be out with Victor in public and he will be perceived this way. And that is part of what he has to do in order to be with Victoria is to accept that he will be perceived as a gay man. And, you know, he, he goes through some growing pains, but ultimately he enjoys being with Victor Victoria enough to, to do that. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's um, he's the kind of character who is is sort of emulating the cool characters from the 30s that he would have watched on screen. You know, it's like, or I mean the 50s, like um, the Thin Man, you know yeah, what Melvin, I mean? Like he's Melvin kind Douglas of got this Thin Man-esque, like... <laughs> So maybe Cary Grant would. Um, yeah. I think so. Uh, that was that was. Um, a, a, I I was implying that some people think that Cary Grant was gay. Oh, I he could had see a male that. roommate for many years. Well, they said they were roommates, but he and another actor they moved in together, and everybody was like, "Ha ha! Isn't this so cool? These two like hot guys decided to live together, and they're just roommates, right?" It's like, why? Why not? Why? Why couldn't they be more than roommates? Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you picked this movie because I have always heard of it. I never really knew what it was about, but um, I thought it was a very I interesting. It was very take. clever. I mean, there's something about that style of humor that you just really don't see in movies made today. I think humor today is a lot more cynical, um, and you know. Less hijinksy, as we like to say on the podcast a lot. And, you know, I think it's almost like in some ways we live in a colder world. People aren't as warm or friendly or, you know, leaning into bits the way they are in this movie. Or I could think of another example like Arthur, the way that people just instantly commit to a bit and just play together. The way that, say, like, Toddy and Victoria do instantly upon meeting each other. Yeah, I would say, you know, that that's out there. That there's, It's definitely out there, but it um, it's not the go-to, and it's hard to do. Like, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Good Place, those have a very warm-spirited, like, are the conflict in the friendship doesn't have to be like mm-hmm. they're against each other. Like they can have conflict towards building yes. towards the same goal. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm ready to story. get into it. I, I agree tell with a lot of what you of said. Victoria, <laughs> um, by way of wiki, this movie, I, I I think the the script and filmmaking really help it helped me get interested in the story because the movie starts out 
very cartoonish. So to give background um, on that, I did look up the director, Blake Edwards, and in fact, he was married to Julie Andrews. He's married to Julie Andrews up until his death. So they they were they were yeah. until death do us part and if you ever saw the old Pink Panther movies with Peter Sellers, that's the same director. That's Blake Edwards. And he never really was appreciated as an artist or, you know, as an auteur. He made really funny, slapsticky, well, tightly scripted movies. And I think people kind of took him like he was just a jobber. But I feel like he, he did good work. Yeah, I'm very glad that I looked up who directed this movie and saw that it was Blake Edwards and saw that he did Pink Panthers because that helped me maintain a baseline yeah, through the movie. Yeah, because Pink Panther is crazy, and this doesn't... Um, I mean, there are some crazy parts in the movie, but this never reaches like the utter zaniness of Pink Panther. But also another... It yeah, definitely but it dips, dips its, toes its toes in that water. And oh, funnily yeah. enough, they did imagine <laughs> Peter Sellers for the toddy role, but then he died. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I Poor like guy. Robert. I like. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, I like the actor that they, they got to play toddy. I thought he did well. I thought he did fantastic. Um, yeah, so we start out. It's 1934 in Paris, and Carol Toddy Todd, he's an aging gay performer at a place called Club Chez Louis in Paris, and um, he sees the owner, well, first of all, we, we get the, the dance number, or the, the opening song number, right? Well, and he no, sings. I thought, I thought, we we see we see oh, no, his no, no, boyfriend, I'm sorry. his I'm piece sorry. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. shit boyfriend leave his apartment and try to steal his money, and you kind of get the sense that, you know, this is a guy who's you know down on his luck. He's older. He's not living the the high life that he imagined. He's with a partner who doesn't seem to like him very much. He doesn't right. He doesn't have companionship because his lifestyle has been. One of having to hide. He seems like he's pretty out. But he's go Um, with the flow. Yeah, but that probably does make it harder. Just the stigmatization probably makes it harder to But I think before he does his number, he sees... um, he sees Julie Andrews perform. He sees Victoria perform for the nightclub of the Beast. So he sees Victoria... Right, so he sees her perform exactly, and she she is more of a, a dignified singer, whereas the place that that she's auditioning at needs she a more a rough around voice. the edges. They, we, they need one that's a little illegitimate. Yeah, and uh, so she oh, doesn't but she get the job. Storms off in the best way, uh, and then she. She's very sassy. <laughs> it's very good. Um, everyone's got a comeback in this movie, and there's multiple comebacks. And and also, in one we get so many callbacks to the fact that her voice can crack glasses. She she gets mad. She sings at the owner. 
his glass cracks and then toddy like he's like what was that and toddy says that was a b flat i i like that part oh yeah very funny the script is very sharp very witty um (laughs) and yeah she uses her voice as a weapon in this movie uh (laughs) Uh, but she goes back to her hotel room and her landlord is like, you don't have the money for rent. So there's a little bit of trigger warning stuff and she gets Sexual thrown extortion. out. Her, her she stuff says that gets... she'll have sex with him for a meatball. Right. That's and... how hungry she is. But then he decides that she's serious about yeah. this deal. And... But um, I like that. Like she basically knocks him over with his pants down <laughs> without her really having to do anything like yeah i mean it it is like a rape joke but nothing truly bad happens and and then there's all these cracks about how she was going to sell her virtue for a meatball yeah it's all very cartoony <laughs> she walks by pop? a restaurant before <laughs> this and like faints yeah, this guy's eating a cream, and like it's a close up of his I mouth that cream just puff chomping too. down on this thing. Yeah, and so she gets kicked out. Uh, this is where we go to the the song number where Toddy is singing the song about gay Paris, and then he sees the the sort of male escort, male prostitute partner that he's with pretending to be straight. And he makes a little kind of like winky pass at him in the song. And then they he gets offended and then a big fight breaks out. Well, the and then Toddy gets fired. basically just erupts. And then it's not just that there's one little fight. The entire bar gets destroyed. And we'll, we'll get a call back to this later. <laughs> yeah, it's like a... Yeah, it, it's like a full-on brawl. It's uh, Shanghai Noon, Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson going nuts in the uh, saloon. Classic saloon brawl, only this time it's in a gay club in Paris. Uh, and so Victoria goes to a restaurant, and she she has a very strange relationship well, very with her waiter. because we know she's who, like, just... Right, so we know she's broke. He pretty much can pick up on the fact that she's broke and we're looking at a dine and dash type situation. Toddy's walking by the restaurant as he's sulking, sees her, remembers her in her voice because she has a very distinct voice, goes in, and you're right. One of the things that I love about this movie is just, boom, we have insta-friendship. They're just they're the same Best friends right away and the entire the entire movie is built upon this fact that they are so good together that they they take this this new life on headfirst together he's aging and out of the thing so he helps her up and coming come into the thing the the music business the the it's like Night a star is born without business. all the icky alcoholism. And yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, icky cooty stuff. Allies. Um It's so great. The rest of the movie is just them being buds about everything and they fit so well together and um 
You're right. What's his name? Robert the Preston. actor who plays Toddy. Robert Preston and Julie Andrews, their chemistry together is fantastic. Like, this relationship, the more the movie went on, the more I was just like, yeah, right. I like, like these Like, you could two just together. watch those two go on adventures and be happy. Yeah, definitely. So that that does a lot to really propel the movie. We get a, the cockroach that she saw in her hotel room earlier. She's kidnapped it. <laughs> Speaking of kidnapping, uh, she kidnapped the cockroach. Her plan is to put it in the salad. She does that, but then things don't quite go as well as she had hoped. However, uh, we do get like another brawl scene <laughs> that allows them. There's like a chaotic food fight brawl scene moment where the cockroach does indeed cause a panic in the restaurant they use that to escape and then they're they're in the rain right and they go to his place and he's pretty much like uh you're now my best friend i have not kidnapped you however this bed is really warm and it's very safe so Come on right, down. Just a slumber or, come party. on up. Nothing is going to happen. He's totally safe. Yeah. And she basically has to stay there because, uh oh, her clothes shrunk when they were washing them. Oh, right. And so, yeah, no, she only had the one outfit. Uh, her other outfits are in her suitcase, which her. Her landlord took their her hotel landlord guy took because she couldn't pay the rent. So Richard, fortunately, I love how he's like, "No, this is the rainy day. You need help. I'm here to help. Like we're friends now. We're insta friends." And so he's like, "I have just a little bit of money for emergencies. This is an emergency. I'm gonna take the money and go pay off your debt." However, because of the rain, he's a little under the weather, and she has to go do it. No clothes. She wears his clothes. We get a little bit of hijinksiness where the the guy from earlier comes in to sort of so bully Toddy around. He's just being very mean. So it's very well she literally deserved. Literally pops when... out of the closet in her boy drag. <laughs> yeah, Victoria. A lot of closet. A lot of closet jokes. People being in the closet. Big big joke in the movie but yeah she jumps out of the closet decks him she really she's got she's got a good haymaker she goes tyson on him she really floors some people in this movie yeah so she knocks him out he leaves and then we now have this idea now that toddy's seen her in man mode we have this idea that wait a minute she can be a man, and the best way to get away with being a man is to use her artistic skills as a woman. We now have the woman being a man being well, a woman This gives her the edge that... to take her further in her career. As Victoria, she's just another soprano. Right. But as Victor, she's the greatest female right. impersonator in Poland. Yes, I had to look up female impersonator just to drag make performer. sure that I drag knew queen. that like, or drag king, right? It's drag, right? Yeah, it's the it's She's the a drag predecessor king to being drag, a drag queen. queen in a way. Yeah, 
it's very funny. They make the most of it in the movie. It's very good. Um, and so... And so now, how how do how does she get the job? He just knows someone. So there's and a there's gets a talent the agent, or there's a guy, but he's very difficult to get in to see. So they go to his office, and they're waiting to see him. Oh, but the right. only person that he sees on Wednesdays is his barber, and we get this funny bit where this equilibrium <sighs> artist comes in. With a bottle of champagne and decides, I'm going to perform for the secretary because I can't see the main dude. And while the secretary is distracted, that's when they get into his office and he's like, you're not my barber. Uh, And then she does, uh, Victoria does the glass breaking trick as Victor and that's it. That's all she needed to do. Well, yeah, it's very bizarre because the equilibrium artist has this whole little bit prepared, but then the payoff of, like, I should have seen it coming is, yeah, when she uses her voice to break the glass and he tumbles over, and it's very, it's very visually funny. It's very, it belongs in yes. uh, Pink Panther. Like, it's very Pink Panther. So, that helps again establish the world being cartoony being like you know what we don't care how she gets the job we just care that she she has the job she is victor right and we had fun getting the job It's, it's a fun thing because now we are seeing her do the things she likes which is we see her practice her singing practice her dancing and then we see her do it and i'm not gonna lie like the the musical parts aren't really that that's not what interests me about the movie like i think everything else is interesting but we have full on set pieces where she does song I mean, and Julie dance Andrews. and performance numbers she's a great and it's really singer. cool and then i yeah, do it's also really cool. like that i mean okay if you are into the singing one of the things that are interesting is you know okay so Victoria over and over again says that she is a soprano, but in order to be this female impersonating a female impersonator, she Toddy coaches her to sing at a lower register. And I actually think it sounds cool when she sings yeah. at a lower register. It's a little bit more smoky. It's a little bit more seductive. Yeah. Uh, so you get to see some of that. It may, yeah, it makes the fact that she's performing in a gay club very interesting because you're right. It does have a very seductive kind of. Right. And it's, you know, it's a different vibe from her normal style. And I think one of the things that Julie Andrews struggled with in her career was kind of the Mary Poppins effect that. She was seen as being this super wholesome, nicey-nice type of person where you could only imagine her playing a good girl. And, yeah, Victoria's a good girl, but she's, you know, Victoria is doing things her way. She's divorced. She's not, you know, a fresh little lady. She has sex with king on the first date like she she's doing things a little bit more mature than 
sort of the Julie Andrews that people might have seen before. Um, so yeah, she gets to kind of show off more of her vocal flexibility in some of these numbers. Yeah, and it's cool because like watching a Jackie Chan movie, like she uses her skills to do cool like yeah, the song numbers are really interesting because she can actually do it and pull it off. Uh and we get to see this, of course, uh through the eyes of King King Marshawn shows up old, with uh, no, old Ryan Gosling in the notebook. <laughs> That's right. And uh he shows up with his side piece Norma. lady uh uh Norma Norma and she is hilarious, very funny. She fits in Perfect perfectly felony. in this movie as yes. And uh and he is very interested in her and then he, they, she takes off her wig to reveal to the audience that she's a man, which is interesting because I thought that that's what the whole, like, I thought that that's what well, people I mean, were there they, to see. Maybe if they'd looked at I don't the know. program, they would have seen, like, James Garner saw the victor beside Victoria. But I think maybe that was part of the bit uh, of yeah. performing as a female impersonator back in that time, like... I think now it's like, you know, you're going to drag brunch or, you know, you're going to go see a drag show and you know that the performers are impersonating a woman rather than, you know, female performers or, you know, something like that. Or like Kabuki, you know what you're coming to go see. Um, but maybe then they, yeah. they wanted to do the kind of the reveal was part of the fun. But I, I like that Norma is visibly yeah, relieved. Either she way. She can tell this... immediately that King is just smitten with this figure on stage. And so when it's like, oh, it's a guy, she's suddenly very, yeah, very it... relieved. <laughs> You're right. She is relieved, and she's also very interested at, like, in just him like she also i almost feel like she wants to be his friend um victor's friend but this causes king to have a crisis of just a masculinity crisis. crisis in fact yes in fact he he has a lot of trouble that night with norma and she insults him she for for his inability to spend the night with her and he washes her mouth out with <laughs> she soap loses and she it. ends up going on this she ends up going on this tirade and then we have this he's like send her home and then she gets put on a train and we get this very funny bit where she's like mouthing off on the train as she's walking down it but we can't hear cuz she's inside the train and then she gets to the end of the train and she 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 lets loose and it's all very kind of bizarre and whiplashy but again if you got that baseline of pink panther you're like okay i'm into it i'm i i get it i get why we're doing this let's move on to the interesting thing which is king 
is now sort of obsessed with with like uncovering and revealing the fact that Victor is really a woman because he just knows deep down in his heart that if he's crushing on her She's got to be a lady. Yeah, and not it's a very hijinksy. But yeah, he's kind of going through this crisis of masculinity and sexuality. Doctor Kinsey has not arrived on the scene yet to come up with the Kinsey scale. Um, right. And and yeah, he he definitely wants to out out Victor. Yeah, and he does some questionable things, i.e. Literally he, sneaks in. <laughs> he, sneaks, he sneaks into their apartment, hides in the uh Yeah, because he's deep in the, in the closet. closet and <laughs> Not watches, a metaphor. <laughs> right? Deep in that closet, peeking at her as she gets undressed, and it's very kind of like... It's very interesting, because she's getting undressed as a man... But she's also very yeah, feminine, he's some leg. And, and he doesn't know yet what's going to happen, right? And so it's very teased out. And then he does make he does. We hear her get into the the bath, and that implies that he has now actually seen everything. And he sneaks. He's able to successfully sneak out. And also, his more bodyguard gets involved and too. His poor bodyguard Splash. gets caught out. Yeah. Bernstein. It's all again very hijinksy, very spy movie, which makes sense. Very uh, of the time, Cold War esque spy stuff. Very visual, very Blake Edwards. Fits the tone of the movie, but uh, now that King knows that Victor is Victoria, he is able to kind of like play on that, and he he sort of. He, he sort of keeps it in his pocket to reveal at a later time, but then he he just loses this idea of revealing it, and he has this magical night with Victoria or with Victor, and I they they get into hijinks. Kind of enjoying, like he's kind of enjoying Victoria as yeah. Victor. I mean, obviously he's a. He's supposed to be yeah, he this likes tough the dude, right? But yeah, he is into her performing this certain type of guy. And I like that Toddy says earlier in the movie when she's like, oh, but I'm not... She doesn't use these words, but she's like, I'm not butch. Like, who's going to believe that I'm a man? And he just says, oh, well, there are all sorts of men who act in all sorts of ways. And even... Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and a great way of saying, you know, there are multiple ways to be a man other than be a man, in quotes, yeah. you know. And, and you know, before the big reveal where he actually spies on her from inside the closet, she has these kind of tete-a-tetes with him where he's kind of questioning her. And she shows that as as a man, she can be very confident and... There's something about that dynamic that I think he, King, enjoys. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he enjoys the 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 verbal tete-a-tete. And he, and I can also now see, I never really, uh, like, I never really gave it a second thought 
or as to why Julie Andrews was a gay icon. I mean, she's Julie fucking like, Andrews. I, it just never. Bernadette I was, Peters I just is accepted also a gay icon. I just accepted she's it. She's never played a guy. I mean, it, it comes with being a really great singer on one hand, and then also, yeah. But, but also, she champions the life's like she champions it hard in this movie, and it it there's they ta- they tackle it head on, and it's really refreshing. It's crazy that this movie, yeah, was made in again, yeah, right at the height like, of the AIDS crisis. It, it's so mature. It's. Yeah, it's so well, mature just, about everything uh, in that regard, yeah, while also being silly and about fun. Julie Andrews that I think also makes her seem like an even cooler person to me. Uh, she also participated in the musical for Victor Victoria and famously refused to oh. go to the Tonys because she was the only person from the production that got nominated. And she said, that's not fair. Our whole production, I mean, it, certainly everybody in the movie got nominated, but she was like, you know, I, 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 I think our whole production was really amazing. And I want these other people to be recognized as well. So see you later, Tonys. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that's good for her. Um, so... In the midst of all this hijinks, King and Victor Victoria find a find oh, some time to trashing sneak the off, nightclub and they are again. spending some time in bed. And oh, right, right, right. Yeah, they <laughs> they go back to the nightclub. It, anytime Toddy goes into that <laughs> nightclub, it ends up in disaster. Uh, so they're again, yeah, they're able to sneak away. He kisses her, and he's like, I don't care if you're a man. Kisses her, but we know that he knows. Well, she confesses and so immediately, then and later, like, yeah, I don't get... care if you're not a man either, which I thought was a great follow-up. Yeah, and so it was very funny, very cool. Like, we get that. Like, I'm glad that they didn't draw out that conflict and tension because the movie has so much more fun playing with what they do which is the bodyguard squash sees that king is in bed with who he thinks is victor so squash outs himself is gay which we the audience can pick up on by the by his sort of little cutesy asides yeah. with they uh got, they have kind of their own and, budding romance. Uh, and yeah and so it's very cute and then uh I, I don't know. I guess they just, Victor, we just kind of get to mellow out with Victor, Victoria and King until it does come to a point where she has to well, give I it up. I do like that they have this conversation uh, but, about her career, which, which was really cool because, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. automatically assumes like, okay, well, now you're going to live as a woman, right? And you're going to be my woman. And Victoria's like, no, I like being Victor. I like my career. There are advantages to being out as a man. I get treated as an equal. I get treated with respect. And, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of cross-dressing narratives where it's a woman cross-dressing as a guy, um, you know, Just One of the Guys is another example of a movie I deliberately didn't choose 
but I did think about because, you know, in a lot of like men to to women cross-dressing movies, it's played up a lot for laughs in the way like the the Spanish number with Toddy is so utterly ridiculous and and this idea of like a feminized yeah. man or a man cross-dressing as a woman is is so comical but when women do it when women cross-dress as men in in these narratives it's about taking a power that's just not available to women as women you know going all the way back to 12th night you know cross-dressing as a man affords women a kind of power that they don't get to have as women because of you know misogyny obviously so she has this great conversation with yeah. king and and he has to acknowledge that he is uncomfortable being seen as a gay man but that's the compromise that victor victoria demands of him and then he ends up having that great conversation with Squash where it's like, yeah, I know I seem like this super tough guy and it's because I have to be like, I, this is, I have to show that I'm the toughest bastard in the room. So people don't feminize me or question yeah. me for liking other guys. And so that's kind of the, the philosophy that King adopts is like, yeah, he can be out and about with Victor as long as he's the biggest badass in the room. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we get more yes. brawling. <laughs> uh, he, he initiates an insta fight club in, in a manly bar and they, they all duke it out. And as soon as they're all done punching each other, they're, they're friends and he feels better. Cause now he's done something manly um and while all this is going on somewhere in here we sneak in a little bit more norma which is awesome She's got the because of course we want norma back in the movie <laughs> yeah and so yeah we get one of her numbers and the uh mob guys in chicago that king was tied to for his club they uh of course they love norma uh she's a sexy blonde who is horny in the, <laughs> the movie. way she delivers the, the whole I'm movie horny. <laughs> it is so ridiculous I'm horny. <laughs> uh and so she reveals to them uh that he is having an affair with a man and they are they so offended by this that they fly, they fly all the way to Paris to give him back his money, which of course is like the you, you be happy with what we're giving you money, and it's very bizarre. But again, Pink Panther, you keep that baseline going. We're here for the hijinks. What's awesome is. Victoria hears this and transforms into Victor to come save the man from the gangsters. And she shows up and, like, again, she decks one of them right away. And then she's like, I'm taking this woman into the bedroom and I'm going to have my way with her. And she's like, come with me. And and then it's I in the bed. And it's great how Norma is, like, shocked. I loved when she said, lock the door after she changed her tune. 
Yeah. She's like, lock she's the door. She's down with it. <laughs> yeah, she's horny the whole movie. Uh, but then she is... She, it, now it's her turn to be offended. She's offended that she actually is a woman and that King pretty much dumped her for another woman and... It's uh, and it's then in all the background of this Labeef, the owner of the club wants to get back at Toddy for trashing his club twice, and so he hires a detective to go investigate oh, right. Victor, and the detective also hides in the closet <laughs> and discovers that Victor yeah. is Victoria. And yeah, I loved when his finger got caught, and then we see him later with that comically large bandage but it's all a setup for the final comedic showpiece yes so we have this very interesting setup of like she she officially has dismissed herself from victor she shows up at the club and king is kind of like Oh what? It's like she's okay, yeah. She's per- now the she woman. She was going to do one more performance, she, but then they were going to out she, her for fraud. Right. Right. And so she like she she sort of becomes the woman, but she doesn't reveal herself as Victor. She's just now Victoria. She's in the world as Victoria, and it's like what? Who's so how gonna are they going to perform if what, you're out what's here? The la- what? <laughs> what? And so we get the dance number and the the male backup Toddy as Victoria dancers do their thing, and then we get the reveal. Toddy's in the dress. I actually read up on the IMDb that the dress was fitted for him, and then when she wore it in her segment, yeah, I read that too. And they added extra layers to the skirt for his height. Yeah, so very funny. He gives this very funny performance where he's in on the joke. Everyone else is in on the joke. Everyone's having a great time. They do the 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 number exactly as if it was the real Victor, which we know is Victoria. And then it, it ends on just like, okay, everyone's happy, clapping. And we just get the, I like that they just show everyone's face. We get names with the faces. End I think that should, I love that's end something that should like come that. back. I do miss that. I, I love a good yeah. freeze frame actor <laughs> name. I mean, the only thing that could have made that better is, you know, sometimes you get that with like an epilogue, like Victoria went on to star in many successful performances in Chicago. You know, da da da. But I felt like when I watched this ending, I thought, oh my God, I know Brett is going to love this ending because A, we end on a big party, basically. Big party, big laughs. Yeah. B, the conflicts are resolved quickly and effectively. There is no drawing out of the conflict, no race to the airport. It's solved and now there's a party. I I figured that would have relieved you. In fact, in fact, Toddy and Victoria do not break up at all in the movie. They're insta BFFs. The only breakup in the movie is King King and Victoria. But again, that breakup is a 
just serves as a plot device to get more hijinks together. It's zero drawing out of the of the breakups, which you are absolutely right. Yeah, I it would have killed me that. to see a breakup between Toddy and Victoria. I feel like if this were remade into a, a series by a streaming service or something like that, they'd write in a conflict between Victoria and Toddy. Yeah. But I don't need it. I want smooth sailing for these two best friends. Unnecessary. And the movie doesn't even try to. Nor do should that. it. It's perfect the way it is. Fantastic. So is it is it All time right. for the question? Who would you kill from yes. this movie? I would kill Really King Marshawn. Explain. Uh I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I am a fan of the Washington Capitals. That's why. There is a player. Yes, there is a player on the Boston Bruins named Brad Marchand. And he is a rat. He's one of those players that you just love to hate. And so the fact that this guy, for the first half of the movie, I'm not going to lie, part of me was like, I don't really want because her to Because his last name is Marchand? You know what I mean? I want her... Well, also because he's kind of he's kind of skeezy about how he approaches, you know, like he sneaks into her place and he, yeah, like I have reasons to not really like him for the first half of the movie. He's not ultra likable, but once Victor and Victoria and King develop this love triangle relationship i his character grew on me but at that point i had already decided i was like no marshawn you're <laughs> Put out him in here. the penalty box uh how about you uh i think yeah. this is an easy one for me <laughs> gotta go with richard he was a mean boyfriend he tried to steal toddy's money when he had very little money to steal and it's implied that this was not the first time uh and you know, better right. than getting pooped on, you know, which is kind of the default uh, rom-com death, poo-poo. Uh, he gets decked multiple times, and yeah. that was very satisfying. Yes, multiple times. It's always fun to see a jerk get yes. punched in the face. And he, he gets some... His like, face you know, is Norma used says as a punch some homophobic bag. things, but she's just so fun to like watch, and she has such great comic lines. I can't really be that yeah. mad at her. Um, and <laughs> her whole thing with Toddy, where she's like, "Maybe you haven't right the, met the right woman yet." <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. And then she says, "I could never give up men," and he's like, "I've said the same thing." Uh, but yeah, like I, I can never really be mad yeah. at Norma the way that Richard infuriates me. So he's got to go. Oh yeah, got to go. So when it when it came when it came to the rom com writing, go. or sorry, um, I'm I'm so confused. When it came to the horror writing, turning this lovable. Yeah zany comedy in a hor- into a horror movie how did it go 
I tried to make it a horror movie, but I just really, I, I couldn't figure out the right tone and the right perspective. So I just kind of went with a standard, kind of more fantasy revenge flick. I did a revenge, revenge movie flick. too! Uh, yeah, it just seemed to make the most sense. And I'm not going to lie, like by the end of my remake, I was sort of digging it. I was like, yeah, you know, this would be a fun piece for some some character actors to really choose some scenery and then uh, i am proud of you for writing something original i am very rusty you know because we we took our summer break uh and i did what any hollywood writer would probably do in my situation is i ripped off another movie (laughs) oh yeah yeah no i've i've done that for sure Sometimes, though, it just makes sense. You, you know, it's uh, peanut butter and chocolate. You're mixing two <laughs> I mean, great things you know, together. Look, we all know it's been done many, many times before by legitimate screenwriters, semi-illegitimate semi-illegitimate screenwriters. So I, I just <laughs> took a page out of their book and I, I reproduced something that I think will be very obvious. <laughs> Uh, I'll go first then, because I want to, I want to tease out what the obvious thing is, see if I can pick up on it. I, I, I don't have an exact name for my movie, but V V for Victoria Victoria. is is the obvious. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I, here, here we go. All right. We got a tribe of five, five people. It's a tribe. I don't know what ethnicity what kind we want to make it where we want to set it but it's a they're a tribe of five and this takes place way 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 back like at the start of humanity like as humans were just emerging we get a tribe of five and they they stumble upon an elixir that allows them to live forever uh, and so I'm mixing elements of Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde with Victor Victoria because we have the immortality aspect. There's four men Oof. and one woman in the tribe and we get, they, they decide to go because of course they're warriors, right? We get this war scene where they, they have to go in to the temple and that's where they find the elixir. They all take the elixir. Now they're all immortal. So what do they do? They kind of like go back out into the world and just become bounty hunters because now that they're immortal, they can be stabbed and, and thrown off stuff and it doesn't matter. They're immortal. So we just get a bunch of fun scenes where they get to be jerks and get to be bounty hunters. They're very arrogant, but it's very fun because the people that they're Ooh, arresting are even bigger opportunities? jerks and Like we get to scumbags. see their outfits change with the times. Oh, you you have no idea. So, well, no, all of this is going to be is going to be very ancient, right? And so, as they're doing this. There starts to become rumors that there are ways to kill immortal people. So what do the four guys do? The four guys decide to test this out on the woman to see if it actually is true. Oh, what scumbags. They want to know, is it really, is this something that we should really be afraid of? 
And the answer is yes, because you can kill an immortal, and that's what they do. What they end up doing is they end up killing her. They have to strip her of her clothes and burn her body, right? But they have to kill her in a very specific way with a very specific blessed what You know, we okay. make it a very MacGuffin-y kind of thing, a uh, very, very plotty kind of thing. But because of... Because of costuming and awesomeness, you're, you, you picked up on this aspect. She, she used some of her hair in her so costume, like in her outfit. And so, so, I think so, yes. Yeah. So what happens essentially is her, her outfit becomes imbued with her magical essence. So anyone who now wears her outfit becomes her. Um, and so we we flash to the future. We get this cool scene where we kind of follow the fabric of her clothing through a bunch of fun scenarios. Just a quick montage of that. And then we go to years later. Here we go. <laughs> we get a, a, a guy who is ordering a, a custom-made cosplay outfit for his custom character. And the person who's making his costume somehow has gotten a hold of this magic fabric that they don't know is magic and makes the costume out of the magic fabric. Now, the character goes to a convention to try to sell his comic to the to people there. He's trying to get lucky and make his big break. And at the convention, he's got his custom character outfit. So we get stuff of we get convention stuff where you can have gender bender craziness. Conventions are crazy with gender bender I've stuff, so we never have to like address Moon, whether or not. I'm all for it, right? So we get to have tons of that in the movie, but also he's very shy about being a guy dressed as a lady. So we get teases of him wearing the outfit, trying it on in private. However, anytime he puts on the outfit, he becomes this badass warrior tribal woman, but. We don't switch actors. We just have the guy being a sexy female warrior in a cool, sexy female warrior outfit. Like a cool, sexy anime female warrior outfit. Like and that's like, it. She just, he uh, looks like through Ryu, plot but he's device. He's got Chun Li's moveset. Yeah, exactly. And we, we, we do the female or we do the male gaze we treat the the male actor like we would a female like we you know we do the thing of like we we make it look like a uh, uh, black widow in any movie she's in where it's like her sex scenes are way more sexualized than any of the guys sex scenes so we get to have fun with that because of the cosplay and gender bending uh, because of plot fantasy reasons, the the four tribal members are at the convention, of course, because of MacGuffin or whatever. She ends up killing all of them. But then once she kills the last one, of course, the last one she has to kill is the one guy who's capable of giving the, the guy a job, his big break. So we get this scene where there's conflict. Does he want to kill him or not? He doesn't. She does. But in the end, she kills him. He lets her kill him. He he indulges that, and then he makes a necklace out of the fabric. Um, so he doesn't become her anymore. But every once in a while, he puts on the necklace, and it's like 
a girl's night out and she gets to go <laughs> have fun. But uh, so she gets to live vicariously through him sometimes. But the happy ending is like, yeah, he, he basically just goes back to being a normal but guy. But he's got a powerful hair necklace now. I like That's it. Right. It's very original. <laughs> Sequels galore. Franchise. Um, yeah, so I thought that that was the best I could do. Just standard revenge flick. I'm eager so to I hear did, yours. I did come up with, I think, a pretty good name. Victory Over Death. Uh, but I, yep. I think this will quickly become familiar as I read the synopsis. So we've got performer Victoria Grant. She thinks she's found her happily ever after with King Marchand. But then he organizes a hit on her by the Chicago mob. Victoria does not die, however. She falls into a coma. And she's cared for by her loyal friend and fellow performer, Carol Todd slash Toddy. Five years later, Victoria wakes up from the coma and she swears revenge. She makes a hit list. At the top is King. And then we've got Squash Bernstein, his bodyguard. Yep. Norma Cassidy, his side piece. And Sal Andretti, the head gangster who helped with the hit. And Toddy agrees to help Victoria yep. get away with it uh, by helping her concoct a male disguise so she can get close to the hit list. Uh, his only request is that they take care of his abusive ex, Richard, first. Uh, and with this first kill, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Like, maybe he almost gets away. You know, they oh, trash yeah. Richard's apartment. There's, you know, it, like, it, it really does not go well. And so Victoria and Toddy decide they need to get some training. You know, as any good thriller martial arts movie requires you've got to go go to the mountain and see the master so they go to world-class hitman andre cassell um who i you know it should be jonathan reese davies let's put him in this one too uh and he helps them yeah. learn the art of the perfect kill and you know toddy's not really a natural born killer but victoria picks up the needed skills pretty easily she's a natural uh, and then eventually she's ready to go and take on Sal. So she goes to Sal's nightclub disguised as Victor and finds him there with Norma Cassidy. Uh, and she has Sal cornered and is about to kill him. But then Norma saves him because she reveals herself to be an accomplished martial artist. Now, I'm not saying that she has a mace. And she's in a schoolgirl outfit, but would it hurt if she was? Right, um, right. So we get a fight between Norma and Victor. And just when Norma recognizes that Victor is Victoria, that is enough of a distraction for Victoria to get the killing blow. Uh, and then she, Sal no longer has any defenders. I mean, she doesn't have to fight 100 crazy people or 800 crazy people 88 no 88 oh, yeah. it's the crazy 88. <laughs> not 100 she doesn't have to hit she doesn't have to kill 88 hit men um but enough she she executes sal uh and then she goes to take care of squash but then finds him together with toddy 
and toddy begs her not to kill squash because they're together and you know despite the fact that victoria has become a well-honed killing machine she still has a heart uh and she relents because she sees that toddy is different from richard or sorry squash is different from richard and they they belong together and squash despite being king's ride or die he gives her the address to find him you know he's not he's not going to stand yeah. in the way but he's also not gonna help like he's not gonna be like here take the gun um but he recognizes that they need to have this showdown uh so then victoria goes to the address finds a warehouse and it is filled with mannequins wearing all of her old show costumes so we got the we got the the dame from seville outfit we got the jazz outfit um victor's tuxedo you know all the all the great outfits from the movie like it's um like it's an exhibition at the met gala like it's a hatchet oh, yeah, for a honeymoon yeah. secret basement full of and mannequins then, you know, and at dresses. At the end of the long warehouse, we've got King sitting in an armchair playing a record of late jazz hot. Uh, and he tells Victoria that he's been waiting for her. And, you know, because King is a slick guy, he makes all these promises to her. He's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to love you. Like, I'm sorry I tried to kill you. Let's make up, baby. I can revive your career. I can give you everything. I'll give you all of my money, all of my resources, all of my power. I'm going to put my life in your hands. And you're shaking your head no because Victoria is thinking the same thing. And then she ends it with, there's only one thing you could give me that I want. Your death. Bang, bang. He's dead. She got her victory. The end. Yeah. What more do you need? My baby bang, shot me bang. down. The end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great remake. I love that you kept the general plot of <laughs> the movie. Name the movie. <laughs> like I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, no, I like that you did it. You just mixed. Victor Victoria with Kill Bill. Oh, it just was wait great. till you find Kill out King. what movie inspired my remake of Doctor Jekyll Sister Hyde. Uh, that that is going to be a fun one because I was even less inspired there. Teaser for next time. Right. <laughs> well, I think that that was a fun re-entry into our remixes. Should we get into Love Bites? Oh, yeah. Do you want to remind everybody, yes. please like, follow, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. It helps. Uh, and yeah, we're at Necromancer Pod on all the social needs. All right. Love Bites. What do you want to recommend this week? Man, what a what a world that we live in where we get a new oh. Predator movie <laughs> and it's really good and it doesn't even come out in theaters and like Hulu makes it. 
Uh, Prey. I thought Prey was fantastic. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who has a very solid track record of making good movies and good stuff. Really, like, I'm glad that he stepped away from Uncharted, which, from what I've heard, is just like a generic action movie at best. And went on to make this because this is a movie that you can feel was like well envisioned from the beginning and it feels good. It feels like everyone making the movie was making the same movie. Uh, it's a good movie. The Predator is badass. The main the main character, the main lady is badass, the whole thing. But doesn't this movie have I a just, different name? I really liked it. Oh, wait, you said that? It's called Prey. Predator. Prey. <laughs> no, but thank you for, for, for <laughs> yeah, segueing into it. Yeah, I feel like everybody should it. know it's a Predator movie, but this time we're dealing with Prey. Yeah, but... Who's Ooh. the prey? You're going to uh-huh. have to watch the movie to find out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yes, fantastic movie. Highly recommend. Great addition to the franchise. Uh, how about you? What's so your Before we love move on to my bite. love bite, I want to say that I did notice that you had posted on Instagram a picture of your cats watching Prey. So would you also say that this is a recommended love bite for felines as well? Yeah, Tony loves nature. I mean, we put on we put on the the cat TV on YouTube. They've got videos of birds and squirrels and stuff and he loves it. So yeah, there there was you know lots of shots lingering in the woods. What's out there? Right, what's out there? Is the predator out there? Maybe, maybe not. Can you see him? No, of course not. Camo. So lots of shots of nature, which means lots of birds, lots of lots (laughs) of stuff for Tony to watch. And Tony does like he likes hunks. That's not a joke. <laughs> Anytime there's a hunk on the screen, Ooh. Tony's there. So the predator, very hunky. I like hunky. that endorsement. I, I think the cat endorsement is important. Um, so as for me, I would like to recommend uh, the documentary Disclosure. Uh, and it is a documentary. It's a film documentary where many um, trans celebrities and people were interviewed about their experience of watching cross-dressing and transness represented in film. And, of course, they talk about the crying game. Um, Victor Victoria also comes up during the discussion of movie portrayals of, of transness and and gender fluidity. And I think that if you're interested in revisiting a lot of these films from that lens, then Disclosure is a really great movie to watch. It's on Netflix. I thought that it was shot really well. And if you're super interested in finding, okay, what are all the movies that they talked about on Disclosure? Of course, there's a letterbox list where somebody carefully <laughs> took 
note of every single movie that was mentioned in the film so that you can watch it too. And they also made a list of all the, because Letterboxd is only movies. They also made uh, a list within the description of all the television shows that are mentioned in Disclosure. Mm. But I think that it's a really interesting film. It's shot well. The interviews are really well done. And, you know, I think that for many people, it may be a perspective that you have never heard before, and it's worth hearing. Uh, so, yeah, I recommend Disclosure. And, you know, you can see Victor Victoria pop in it as well. Very nice. Yeah, I've I've heard of Disclosure. I heard it. I think that it's really well filmed. I think that you know, there's a certain art to doing documentaries about movies in a way that's interesting and not just a parade of clips. Like uh, the the Showgirls documentary, yes. "You Don't Know Me," I think also does that really effectively. Yes, the Sparks Brothers documentary by Edgar Wright. Right. Does so that I mean like even if you're not interested in disclosure from a political perspective or from like a woke perspective or whatever, it is good filmmaking. It's an interesting topic and it's an interesting perspective that's worth exploring. Very interesting. Disclosure yes. On Netflix. All right. Um, what should I call a uh, big papa, <laughs> big, big or not? No, big, big daddy, big mommy Mars. Play us all. I'm horny. <laughs> Necromancer is produced by Brett Dorman and Shira Moore. The theme song is Symphonia 3 by Kevin McLeod on the album Oddities.